Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Happy June, my friend, and thank you so much for tuning in. And here's why you should listen. I noticed um, a significant spike in listens for the mental health series that we did in May. So by popular demand, we are extending this series today. Since June is recognized as Men's Health Month, as well as we celebrate Father's Day in this month, we have decided to dedicate this episode to all things mental health and really just to have a man cave discussion about prioritizing our mental health and self-care. So it's going to be a very uplifting transparent spiritual and practical conversation really designed and prayed over that it will help you to thrive mentally and emotionally with that being said even if you are a woman hey, this would be good for you to hear as well so you can better understand and love on the men in your life you know whether it be your husband your son your brother your friend etc you ha- you may have many in your life that could be suffering mentally and suffering in silence so let's talk about it um, no stranger to the podcast as he, is, as he was a guest on three episodes We have Irvin Waswa Who pastors in Tennessee We went to seminary together Spent many of nights one-on-one hooping Which was our form of self-care So welcome back to the show Irv Hey appreciate it brother Paul Appreciate you having me on man Most definitely glad you are back And making this an International conversation um, joining us from north of the border, Canada, we have Brian St. Louis, who is a fellow podcaster, and we're going to hear more about that later. And we are so glad to have you on the show, my brother. Absolutely. Paul, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's a pleasure. Yes. I want to kick off this conversation actually by reading the text that one of my brothers in Christ sent me. And here's what he said. He said, the last two episodes hit the spot for me because I've been unbalanced in self-care. I had a hang up that I didn't deserve or had time for myself. And the episodes that he is referring to is treat yourself and then prioritizing your mental health. And of course, I'll leave those links in the show notes so you can catch up and listen to those as well. But back to the text, I just want to say, God bless you, my brother. And thank you so much for your transparency in sharing that. And if we're going to be honest, he's not alone. Um, before I bring the guys in, I one quote I want to say, and it's unknown, but here's what it says. Some of the most comforting words in the universe are me too. The moment when you find out that your struggle is also someone else's struggle, that you are not alone and that you have been down the same, that they have been down the same road as you. So oftentimes self-care can be looked at as something for the women, but guys, we, we need to, to practice self-care and to prioritize our mental health just as much. And so just kind of opening that up, Earth, we'll start with you. Just what are your initial thoughts when we just take into account the things I just said? Man, uh, I tell you what, it's, it's so interesting. This mental health discussion in large is, uh, is one that's, that's fascinating. It seems like it's a pretty new um, concept or phenomena to talk about it or speak about it uh, in today's culture, especially in Christian context. Um, and so, you know, some of my thoughts are initially are, man, I mean, it's it's something that uh, we need to continue to have a conversation about for one, uh, but two, it's something that we need to prioritize, right, and take uh, take note of and not take lightly uh, in our life. Uh, just the simple fact that uh, um, in this world, right, uh, that preaches, hey, go, 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 do what you got to do, you know, uh, grind to the bone type of deal. Um, 
you know, if we're not careful, we can, you know, find ourselves in a place where we're at the point of uh, uh, break, you know, at a breaking point, if you will. Uh, and, uh, and so that's where this, you know, conversation of mental health becomes important is understanding that, man, there's got to be times where we pause and, and reflect uh, and take care of what we've got to take care of in our mind space. And so, uh, man, it's a fascinating discussion. I'm looking forward to diving deeper into it. Man, and Brian, your thoughts? Yeah, man. Um, you know, as I, as I was just listening to what you were saying too, Paul, everyone has a has, doesn't have a hard time talking about physical strength and, you know what, I need, to, I need to lose weight, I need to gain weight, whatever the case may be. We all talk about uh, how to be better in our physical health. I mean, the world puts it out there as well. Uh, you, you can look at even our spirituality. We have an easier time talking about uh, spiritual strengthening and praying and reading the Bible. But when it comes to mental health, it feels as though it is, especially within men, it is still an issue to discuss these these this topic uh, and and I really believe that it's something that we we need to open up more as as men and I'm really happy that we're having this type of discussion because many years many years many of us have been silent and have dealt with issues painfully by ourselves and when you said that the that the two best words that someone can say is me too it just automatically brought me to Jesus Christ because the Bible says that Jesus was also tempted in all ways Come on. Just as we, and, and, and in all points, uh, just as we were. So yeah, I basically sure. say, yo, me too. <laughs> so whatever you're dealing with, I also had to deal with too. And so basically what, what, what we're saying, and, and the Bible is actually a whole book of people who have gone through issues and, and, and predicaments. And basically they're saying what you've been through, I may have even done worse. Me too. And so I, I think that this, this concept, the discussion of, of mental health is, is super needed. And I'm really happy that we're, that we're digging deep, deep, digging deep into, into this as well, Paul. And with just the introduction, y'all bringing that heat already. Like Brian, you talk about how Jesus has been the ultimate me too, and how he experienced pain just like us. And, and is so relatable and then with Irv, how you say that this is like a new um conversation um because in, in some circles even now it's still considered taboo to be talking about mental health because yeah. we know there's a stigma worldwide we know there's a stigma in within christianity because we think oftentimes we associate mental illness with um with sin or not being a, a quote-unquote yeah. good enough christian and that's very unfair you, you won't say to the person that you know hurt their leg that they're not a good Christianist because they're suffering with mm. in a different way. Um, and then the fact that it is a new conversation, I remember being in, in a barbershop and no shade to this person, but it was an older guy and me and my barber was talking about mental health and this older guy probably was in his seventies. And he was like, man, we didn't have all this mental health stuff back in my day. And like, he was really just adamant, like people didn't struggle. Like just because people don't talk about it don't mean that they did not struggle. But mm. man, according to who they say that, Three times as many men than women would die by suicide. Mercy. And men are less likely to access psychological therapies um, in relation to their counterpart of being women. And so there's mm. this, as I said, there's this stick when it comes to mental health issues, especially when it comes to men. Then if we're being honest here, there's our unique 
um, mental health issues when it comes to to black men. It's a different trauma mm-hmm. that that we have faced. But keeping it broad, Brian, I'll start with you. What can we do to help to break this stigma? I, I think it starts, man, with, with a very simple way. And, and some people may or may not agree with this, but we just need to talk about it. We need to be open. What, like what we're doing right now is exactly what we need to be doing more in bigger, bigger spaces. Have it for open, uh, authentic, vulnerable discussions. And for instance, I mean, you, you, you even mentioned that the old gentleman said, Hey, you know, we didn't have that many issues back in my day. The reason why you didn't have that many issues of mental health cases or the fact that it's saying right now that this generation has so much more mental health cases compared to the older generation is because there's no there's not many stats of, of the older generation to be able Thanks. to say that they have uh, mental health cases. They didn't go to counselors. They didn't go to psychologists. They didn't talk in therapy groups. They didn't openly discuss the issues that are going on in their mind. They would have been diagnosed too with depression. They would have been diagnosed with one, many multiple different um, issues. I mean, let it be, I mean, let it be even bipolar, schizophrenia, whatever the case may be. But you have individuals who just never actually went out to figure it out for themselves. And so the more and more we discuss this and the more and more we're open and vulnerable, I believe that that is going to be the, the greatest way for us to do that. And, and you know what? I'm going to kick it off. I'm going to kick it off because uh, many people, sometimes we say, oh, hey, you get, this is what you have to do. You have to be vulnerable, X, Y, and Z. And, and But we don't necessarily see that example. And so, I mean, I could I could start off, man. I, I dealt with with, a, with suicidal thoughts when I um, just about four years ago for the first time. And it was a very difficult period of my life that I had to overcome these, these difficulties and overcome these, these thoughts dealing with the death of, of my daughter. And I had to, and, and to be honest, I didn't seek help. I, and you don't know what could have happened in those situations. And the reason why I say this is because, I mean, just for you even throwing that stat, that made me even more willing to say what I needed to say, because too many of us are silent in our issues. We, we keep ourselves to ourselves, and we we keep our our issues bogged up inside of us. If we are not willing to to keep or to express ourselves in these issues, it allows for us to do exactly what you said. That is a that is a struggle that I've I had to deal with, and you know, I, I mean, throughout the discussion, we may talk about that a little bit more. But I th- I just think that the open discussion is necessary. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, Brian. Uh, normalizing the discussion uh, for one is important, uh, but two, especially for men, um, understanding who you know who we are as men, uh, us three in here are men. I believe it's coming to uh, the reality of having to um, you know humble ourselves mm. uh, and uh, and come to uh, the awareness, right? Come to the knowledge that uh, we may not be okay. Um, you know, it's yeah. so easy to. Um, you know, paint this picture, you know, I'm, I'm coming from the church world as a pastor, right? It's so easy to um, paint this picture that everything is great and good, right? Uh, you put on your Sunday best, you know, to some degree, obviously, like there's going to be some of that, you know, uh, not everybody is comfortable wearing their feelings on their sleeve, but I believe there's, you know, we've got to see the importance of having a space 
to just be honest and forthright, um, you know, with folks about the reality that we aren't okay. You know, I've got some of that in my life and I follow your example, Brian, you know, talking about mental health struggles. This has been a tough month for myself and my family. Mm. Uh, my father, my late father uh, lived with me here uh, in Tennessee. And one night, you know, after church walked in and found him dead, um, you know, on, uh, on bed about a month ago. And, uh, and so having to walk through obviously that traumatic event, having to walk through all the stuff after being the oldest, uh, you know, son and, uh, having to deal with all of that funeral stuff and really just leading my family yeah. essentially, uh, you know, from that point, man was, was a stressor uh, on the mental health side of things. Uh, and, you know, I'm just now getting to a point where I'm, I'm trying to, uh, you know, get some help. You know, I'm, I'm starting to go to counseling now uh, to walk through some of these things overall, you know, I've got peace, uh, man, I'm thankful that, you know, First Thessalonians 4 tells us that we don't have to grieve as folks who don't have hope, right. uh, man, That's because right. of where our hope is in. And so, you know, eliminating that stigma, you know, that, man, you know, we're men, machismo, all this stuff, you know, we, we're just going to have to put our head down and keep rolling forward. Um, man, because what happens is obviously we, we find the stats. You just can't deal with it after a while. It just becomes too much mm -hmm. for you. And so. So, yeah, I think that those are a couple of ways. I agree with you. I agree with you on that, Brian. I'm so appreciative of you guys just being willing to be so transparent, so upfront in the conversation without any type of coaching. There's so many thoughts just with, Eric, you said a good piece about the humility. A lot of times we don't seek for help because it's, we're very prideful. We don't want to, we don't want people to know that, um, that we're struggling. Sometimes we don't want people to know that, hey, we're not perfect. And so, got to be aware um, of that shame. And mm -hmm. if you're struggling mentally, my friend, that doesn't mean that you're less than a man. It means that you are human just like anybody else. Preach. And so Preach. as men, we have to normalize prior prioritizing our mental health and having an intentional self-care plan. Um, because mm -hmm. when you take care of your mental health, you're able to be all that God has called you to be. And you're sure. able to show up fully and healthy as as a father, as a husband, as a friend, as a worker, as insert any role that you may carry. And so I just want to encourage you, even just at the top of the ep episode in the first question, I want to encourage you to do what you can to help break the stigma. And that comes with just talking about it, to being open and honest. And so mm -hmm. Eric, we go right back to you. Like, what does it look like in your life? to prioritize your mental health? Yeah, uh, man, for me, my morning is, is very crucial. And, and when I have a good morning, when I take care of myself in my morning, it, it outlines the rest of my day. And, you know, I know a lot of people are not big into waking up at five or five thirty AM, whatever the case may be. But, uh, you know, I, I feel whenever I start my day off correct, it, it really helps me to to balance and to to be set for for the rest of my day. And so, you know, I I, I take time to pray with God. Number one, you know, I always I'm always in prayer. Uh, I, I I believe that as we're as we're taking care of our mental health, the only true person who can really give us that peace, that comfort, that understanding. And to to hold us and to to balance us is God, and so preach, sir. You know, my my life is is everything is centered around God. Uh, you know, I even sometimes tell people, uh, don't put God first. 
And they'll be like, what? what are you talking about? Don't put God first. You're a pastor. He could tell me not to put I'm like, all right, all right hold on. And, and I tell them, I say, listen, whenever sometimes we put God first on the checklist, we put God as our main, as our first priority. But once we get to number two, you know, school becomes our major priority at that point. And so now, hey, school is, is the major picture of our life at that point. Number three becomes our girlfriend or boyfriend or spouse, whatever the case may be. And all of our attention, everything becomes now to this one person or, or, or to, this, to this thing. And then you start going down the list and then now God is number one, but he doesn't really become a priority anymore. So I say, man, forget about the checklist, make God the whole canvas at which you live your life. And so now everything that should be in your checklist has to deal with your relationship with God. And guess what? That also means there are some things that have to be taken out because they don't deal with your relationship with God. And so, man, deal with that, you know, have God as your number one. You know, I, I, I pray, I read the Bible. I, I also read um, books, you know, that are, that are dealing with, uh, you know, self-development, personal development. Uh, I work out every single morning. Uh, and, and, you know, I drink, I drink a cup of water, you know, to, to make sure that everything gets set up. Uh, but then also one of the things that I realized with mental health is that it, it's not just about just building your mind, but it's also, it deals with your whole holistic message. And so as you're taking care of your physicality, as you're taking care of your brain, as you're taking care of, of your relationships with God, of people, you know, all of that is it, how you deal with your job. All of that deals with how your how your mental health is growing and and being able to encapsulate itself into this this wonderful piece. And so, I think you know, as I deal with my mental health, I'm I'm looking to make sure that all areas of my life have this this oneness that continue to move in a in one direction and one mission. Man, that's a great word, Brian. I. Uh... I would just piggyback on that. I, I love, you know, you talked about the holistic side of health in general, you know, uh, spiritually healthy, that being priority number one, right? Start the day, yeah. spend the day, end the day with Jesus, you know, and obviously, you know, we all got to grow in that, but starting the day with Jesus is key for me, you know, to prioritize mental health, you know, spending time with the Lord, man, and getting filled up and, uh, ready to roll for the day because we know in a, in a day's time is going to come, you know, trials and tribulations. And so we need, man, we, we need the Lord uh, to be with us as we, as we go through that. Uh, but uh, yeah, physically healthy, man, I you look to prioritize that love playing basketball, love working out. And so, um, you know, making sure that that's a part of my, you know, routine best way I can um, emotionally healthy. So, you know, another dynamic piggyback off of you, just this thought of, okay, you know, I'm, I'm in the people business as, as a pastor, you know, as pastors in this group, we're in the people business. Um, but so there's going to be times where we're pouring in, pouring out, investing in people. Uh, but one, who am I hanging out with that's uh, giving me life, giving me energy, you know, investing in me, uh, you know, and two, yeah, who are those folks that I can just kick it with and just be Irv instead of Pastor Irv, that's you know what I'm saying? Uh, and so mostly health is important. And then obviously, you know, uh, ment you know, mentally healthy, um, you know, psychologically healthy. So what am I um, taking in? Uh, that's important, too. Uh, obviously, spending time in the word, man, taking in the word. But what are some other things that we're taking in? Because if we're not careful, if we take in a lot of the world, man, that that'll, you know, um, that'll put us in um, negative spaces. That's the um, issue with social media, too, if we're not careful. I've heard it said before, social media, right? It is a um, great servant, uh, but a cruel master. 
uh, if it becomes your master, man, you know, it, it could be an issue. So, so those are some of the, some of the things I, I, uh, I look to do to prioritize much because like Brian said, I mean, it's a holistic, uh, you know, uh, healthy deal. It's a holistic, uh, thing. And I think I would boil all of that down to say that there's got to be margin in your life, uh, to do these things. There's got to be margin in your life to do those things. And so, you know, what does it look like in your world? Going back to men in particular, man, we're supposed to, you know, our thought is, okay, we got to work hard, you know, we're busy, we've got a lot going on. Yes, we're called to work, but is there margin in your life to, you know, take time to spend with your family? Is there margin in your life to just kind of get away, um, you know, and, and spend time with God, spend time doing something that fills your soul? I think those are all important things, but it all boils down to margin. And that comes with, you know, obviously being disciplined as well. So, so many good thoughts, not even sure what to respond to first. Um, Irv, you mentioned about lies sometimes that we could get from the enemy and kind of internalize such lies as it relates to our mental and emotional health is you are not enough. Um, Mm -hmm. You don't deserve self-care or you got to earn it or, you know, I didn't have a good week. So I don't, I don't deserve to sleep in this week or I don't deserve to practice self-care because, you know, I haven't earned it. And so we just got to be careful, mm-hmm. not just spiritually, but also emotionally and mentally that we don't operate from this works based things that I got to do this so I can earn mm-hmm. it. And so thank y'all so much for just kind of giving us a snapshot of your multifaceted self-care routine. I won't give mine because I, I gave just about the complete list in a recent episode called treat yourself. Um, I'm just going to mention just a few. Um, the way that I prioritize my mental health, I am very intentional with my joy. I will schedule mm. and put things on my calendar that bring me joy. And what that looks like in this season is playing basketball, um, watching NBA games, um, road trips, or even just day trips. You know, living right here in Houston, you know, we can do a day trip to Austin or San Antonio or Dallas. Uh, if we get up early enough, just do some day trips like that. Yeah. And just a reminder that you cannot delegate self-care. Like, I don't mm. care if you're the president of the United States or you're a king, an emperor, whatever you are. Like, you can say, hey, can you um work out for me today? Hey, can you get some proper rest for me? Can you drink some water for me? No, you got to do your self-care for yourself. And one mm. other thing before I move on that I have gotten away from, but I'm going to get back to doing it, is this concept of vent joy. Um, it's something that I discovered about a year ago was just scrolling through um, Instagram and it said, instead of venting about the things that instead of venting about our complaints, what if we vented about the things that bring us joy? And so I'm going to get back to that. And speaking of getting back to that, I'm going to start there right now. And so Irv, I know I ain't prep y'all for this, but we're going to do vent joy. So what are some things that has brought you joy this week? Yeah, uh, I think for one, uh, playing basketball, going back, which you said, I got to play basketball a few times this week. Um, got, got a few dubs against some folks, which was fun. Um, and so, you know, that, that brought me joy. Man, just getting a chance to uh, serve the Lord, man. And, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I know that sounds cliche, but, you know, just working, man, working at the church, had a lady call. Uh, we have our baptism Sunday this Sunday. Lady called. She's 69 years old. Um, mm. calling wanting to come for baptism. Um, and, uh, you just, I mean, it's awesome. You know, it's, it's what it's about. And so True. that brought me joy, you know, and, and just in the ministry there. So those are a few things, man, that just, uh, uh, you know, has brought me joy this week. 
That's good. Brian, what about you, man? What are some things that brought you joy this week? Man, uh, I've been, I've been ever since COVID, I'll, I'll say this, ever since COVID, I have learned to say no. Mm, come on. And, and that has exponentially grown my, my mental health, man. Uh, and so uh, what brought me joy this week is that I actually said no to uh, an engagement that I had that someone, you know, asked me to be a part of because like, there's so many things that you can do, but man, if that's not a part of, if that's not a part for your vision that God has set for you, man, sometimes it will cause way more pain than, than good. And so, you know, I said no to, to, to something. And I, I typically, I'm a, I'm a, I always say, I, I would say always, but I do say yes a lot. And so it, I think it was something that I realized about myself. I'm like, you don't always have to be the savior for someone because you, you can't. And so make sure that you can say no to certain things and someone else can still deal with the issues that, that are going on in, in, in people's lives. The other thing, man, I, I got a video of my son going down the slide and man, that, that just, that just brings me so much peace, joy, love. I, mean, I went to the park with my son and the re- these restrictions have been very hard on us, uh, you know, in Canada. And it's not to say it's not, it's not something you can't deal with, you know, cause some people are definitely taking it to, extends but being able to go out to the park with my son spending time with my wife you know the, these things are 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 truly giving me men, a stronger mental health stronger joy and uh, i also had even though this didn't bring me too much joy but it's brought more joy out of it is i had a tough conversation with my wife this week and and uh there were some things about me that i had to learn and i had to see in my character that you know it 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 happens in these ways and and if it wasn't for that tough conversation i wouldn't be seeing things certain uh, certain ways and so uh, though it wasn't very uh, joyful at that moment but it has brought about joy well thank y'all so much for for saying all those things uh for me this week similar to her, we had baptism sunday spontaneous baptisms and like 37 people got had baptized wow, man. and wow. it was just insane. Like our senior pastor, it was his first time like, actually doing the baptisms himself. And so just being a part of that and seeing people, uh, we already had 20 that were scheduled, but then just being in an environment where like 17 other people was like, yes, I want to get baptized today. And so that was, wow. that was quite amazing, a man. moment, man. And not just a number, because even if it was just one, I would have the same amount of joy that somebody has mm-hmm. made the decision um, to get baptized. Um, once again, similar to Irv, I played basketball um, this this week. That brought me a lot of joy. I didn't win as much as I wanted to, but it still brought me joy. Um, mm-hmm. Ministry to college students and young adults. It's, it just so happened that I asked this question. It's been like a super joyous week. But ministry to college students and young adults, we did something called check-ins where I put them in small groups and just do like mental health check-ins, not from a professional point of view but just ask them how are you doing give them a chance Mm -hmm. to vent and the response was overwhelmingly awesome it was like man we really needed this because i was looking for people to have community with and to and to have conversations like this with so that was awesome then another thing was like this text i got from my mom like she you know texts me every day but this particular text she was like omg this podcast episode uh which is so amazing i'm gonna send it to everybody i know and just like all the encouragement Mm -hmm. i was like but like I was Superman. So it's been a joyous thing. And so let's normalize this concept of vent joy because mm-hmm. as, 
Because I wish y'all could see us right now, but it was an immediate mood changer and mood booster just with the facial expression. So let's normalize doing that. And so continuing the conversation, Irv, we'll start with you. I want to take this conversation vertical and talk about the intersection of gospel and mental health. So with with that in mind, what are some scriptures that the listener could read and meditate upon um, that would just help them mentally and emotionally? Man, I, I loved I love this question. Love this question. I was thinking about it. You know, uh, it's so interesting about the Bible. Just taking it back a little bit, how relevant it is to today's time. You know, we talk about this mental health conversation being one that's you know pretty new, uh, right? To normalize and, and to discuss. But man, mental health struggles have been around since the beginning of time, uh, you know. And so uh, in the Psalms, you see especially, right, uh, personal, you know, basically, I mean, journal entries of some of the most godly people, you know, uh, in all time. And one of them included King David, uh, right? Um, You see several Psalms where he's just venting before the Lord, man. He's just in a tough space. And there's a few scriptures that come to mind. Uh, Psalm chapter three is one, basically the whole chapter, just prefacing what's happening. Uh, King David is on the run. Uh, his own son has, has chased him out of the kingdom of Israel. He's hiding out in a cave, you know, worried about his life. He's thinking that his own son is going, is going to kill him. And so, I mean, obviously he's in a pretty, pretty bad space. Um, but it says in, in you know, uh, verse, you know, four, um, you know, there's a pause there, Selah. And then it says, you know, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me, the glory and the lifter of my head. There was a point in time where, you know, David, in light of all that he went through, remembered, man, who his God was and how he was bigger than the folks that were chasing him. Uh, and so he ended up looking up and uh, and man, he was able to sleep in light of the struggle that he was in. He was able to sleep. Didn't mean that the situation changed, man. It just mean that, he, you know, his eyes were not on the situation. Was, they were on the Lord. Uh, and so Psalm chapter three would be a great one to listen to, uh, read and listen to. But then also Psalm 42, you know, where it says, you know, why is why is my soul, you know, um, downtrodden or why is my soul down? And, and Psalm 42, seven, uh, hope in God, uh, hope in God. Listen, friend, you know, that's going through mental health struggles. Man, the first step is like King David did, you know, is to turn your eyes to the Lord, man. And put your hope in him. Doesn't mean your situation may change. Uh, but that means, man, your countenance will. Uh, let me say that one more time. Whenever you look up to, you know, uh, look up to the Lord in light of the circumstance and, you know, mental health struggles you may have, doesn't mean that the circumstances will change. But I guarantee your countenance will uh, because mm-hmm. God will remind you who he is um, and, uh, and how he's there for you, walking with you uh, through the struggle. So those are a couple of a couple of uh, scriptures. Yeah, man, I, I love that. I think David is definitely a, a great example of of being in tune with yourself and mm. and putting it down on paper. Actually, that's a, that's a good practice that if anything mm-hmm. he can take is journal, <laughs> write things down, man. Because you know David wrote all these psalms. I mean, not all of them, of course. You know, because we know uh, the kings of Korah, uh, sorry, sons of Korah. Moses wrote some of them as well, uh, but he wrote. A, pretty much most of the Psalms. And so write down, man, men right here. Listen, anyone, men and women, take time mm-hmm. to write down what is in your heart, because when you see it, it, it comes out and you're actually able to go back and be like, Oh, wow. God actually did take care of this. He actually did help me in those, in those periods of times of my life. Right. Uh, but, but for me, for me personally, man, it's, uh, 
this question is is heavy because it, it always brings me back to to uh elijah elijah's my favorite prophet uh, mm -hmm. actually probably in my second so I, I always say jesus of course is my favorite by bible character but like um in, in that sense elijah is definitely my number my number two and uh and i i bring people to this to this understanding i want you to understand that elijah believed in prayer immensely and so elijah and, and i love this because as soon as he came on the scene the first thing we hear about Elijah is he comes to King Ahab and he's like, yo, no rain, no water for three years. Boom, mic check, I'm out. And that was it. Like, that's the first thing we see about Elijah. It's, it's, it's a, I love it. it. He's just so, you know, people say like G status. And he just comes on the scene. This is who I am. This is what I'm about to do uh, because I have God on my side. We, we see Elijah through two chapters, First uh, Kings 17 and 18. He's constantly praying. He's praying to God for for the life of of uh, of the of the boy to be to be raised, and that was the first that was the first um, a resurrection that we saw. He's praying for fire to come down from heaven. He's praying for for water to come back. We're seeing Elijah in a strong sense of prayer, and so I need us to realize that in in First Kings nineteen. Elijah truly believes in the power of prayer. And every time he prayed, God answered that prayer. And so when he says to God, he says, it is enough now, O Lord, take my life for I am not better than my father's. Elijah prayed a, a prayer of suicide. And, and many of us don't understand that, but that was a suicidal prayer. And he truly believed, remember, he has so much belief in the power of prayer. He believed that God was going to do exactly what he was going to do at that moment. And so for me, what I pay attention to is the fact that such a great man of God, great man of God, right? We're talking about men being vulnerable. He, he went through a situation that he thought there was no way out of. And the only way out was death. So Elijah prayed this prayer. But what I love is how God responds. God doesn't respond with that, right? I mean, we know that Elijah ends up living, but he responds with this, this beauty. I mean, if you look at it uh, throughout the chapters, I believe this, in this thing called New Start. It talks about like nutrition, exercise, water, sunlight, temperance, air, rest, and trust. And it's funny that God is taking care of Elijah this way. He's like, yo, go and eat. Take care of your body. I need you to eat. I need you to rest. And then he makes sure that he gets some rest. Then he tells him, I need you to go on this walk. He may, he, he may, make sure you get some exercise. He said, ah, he may arise and eat again. Get some water. Take take care. Get the sunlight. It, literally, God is answering this man's prayer and, and his mental health depression with, with counseling, with mental health tactics in order for him to, to be better. And and making sure that he has all the right things for his life, he takes care of his of his mental, his physical, his emotion, this holistic picture. And then the last thing that he does, he has a conversation with Elijah. Because remember, it's not the the fire that comes, it's not the wind, it's not the thunder. I think it was thunder actually for one of them. But God comes in a a still small voice he comes in a form of a conversation mm -hmm. 
and Elijah is able to tell God what he feels. Guys, I mean, <laughs> this is why I believe in, in, in this so much. Like, we have to be willing to speak up, talk about what's going on. But we also, God also shows it that you have to be the person that someone can come and talk to. Someone, they're, they're not going to come to you if you if they're you to hear, well, just man up, man, and get better. No, you, you have to be also an individual that someone can speak to about their issues. And so it's dualistic. We have to be willing to have the conversations, but we also have to be someone that someone can speak to. And Elijah, that whole story of Elijah always gets me once again, because I I had to deal with that, uh, that concept of suicide. I had to, um, and, and I was in a position, I was almost in a position where I had the tools to make it happen. Uh, and God, literally the way God made that happen to, to move it away from my life was so divine. And so, uh, you know, for me, it's just important for us to have this conversation. Uh, I, I'm willing to have that conversation more and more. I didn't tell, and the thing is, and once again, I tell people this all the time. I didn't tell anybody at that time uh, because I was so, I, I was just so broken. Uh, but but I wish I did because, you know, not everybody will get will get to that point and end up not doing something. And so, you know, speak to someone, talk to someone and, and let's let's be better together. Well, that's all for today, my friend. Be sure to tune in next week for part two, the conclusion to this episode. And if you enjoy what you heard today, I ask that you share this episode with a friend. And of course, be sure to check the show notes so you can connect with the guests. And I'll also leave my Instagram handle. I would love to connect with you there. But until next time, go be all that God has called you to be. See you next week.